Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the weird link between music listening trends and epidemiology and how losing jungles contributes to climate change with archaeologist Patrick Roberts. Let's satisfy some curiosity. A good song can be infectious, but can it spread like a disease? Well, recently, a group of mathematicians set out to see whether songs travel through a population the way an epidemic might. And it turns out that earworms spread a lot like disease? These researchers were all mathematicians at McMaster University, and they obtained a huge data set of music downloaded to old Nokia phones in the UK between the years of 2007 and 2014. I know that sounds like pretty narrow criteria, but just remember that the first smartphone didn't come out until 2007, and the Nokia was the best-selling mobile device of its day. So, yeah, this data set is huge. It contains information on more than 1.4 billion song downloads, including how many times particular songs were downloaded and when. Then the mathematicians acted like epidemiologists— they applied a mathematical model called SIR to each song in the database. You might not have heard of the SIR model, but you've probably seen its results. It's one of many models used by epidemiologists to describe those disease outbreak curves we so desperately wanted to flatten. The model is a differential equation that uses the numbers of infected people in a population over time to calculate the reproductive rate of the disease— or the speed that it is likely to spread. By treating songs as diseases and downloads as cases, the researchers were able to track a song as it begins with a few downloads, spreads through word of mouth, and ultimately becomes a hit. And their hunch was correct. They found that the curves for infectious songs seem to mirror the behavior of infectious diseases, except in some cases, Music was even more infectious. The researchers say that's because a disease often requires one-on-one -on -one contact to spread, while a song can be in a movie, commercial, or even on TikTok, where it could potentially infect thousands at once. The data couldn't tell the researchers what exactly makes a song infectious, but they did find that certain musical genres were more infectious than others. People are mostly immune to metal and dance music, while hip-hop and rock spread pretty quickly. But none of these compared to electronica, which spreads like wildfire. That's not to say that electronica is more popular than other genres. Instead, it just seems to spread the most easily among people who like it. That suggests that fans of electronica probably transmit musical preferences through their social groups more easily than metalheads do. Relating music to diseases might be a relatively new idea, but the idea that music can be a cure is much older. For example, let's say I had a fever. Well, I think you would know the prescription. We've all heard about how tropical jungles are under threat and about the importance of saving them. But if we've all heard about it, why are they still being destroyed? That's a long story. And today's guest is going to tell us all about it and exactly why it's important to save these essential ecosystems. 
Patrick Roberts is an archaeologist and author of the new book, Jungle, How Tropical Forests Shape the World and Us. And Cody asked him the obvious question. Why exactly are jungles being destroyed? It's linked to kind of the last 500 years. Before that, we've got millennia of example of indigenous populations living in tropical forests, managing them in different ways. You know, sometimes there were challenges, but in general, overall, quite sustainably. But with the arrival of Europeans in the tropics, in particular, we start to see a more appreciation of how can I use this land? How can I make a profit out of it? Um, things like plantation agriculture, lots of mining that came with the Spanish um, as they arrived in the neotropics, for example, trying to fit people into town and urban systems, how we you know, imagine them in Europe. That all started to create greater impacts on forests, more because they felt that the land was more valuable than perhaps the forests themselves. And this kind of progressed on through the arrival of industrial production and things like that. And, and so it's just got worse sort of through time. And one of the other problems is that that process of colonialism meant that there ended up being a global imbalance of wealth, right? That the Europeans and eventually North Americans were extracting wealth from the tropical landscapes and often, sadly, um, tropical people. That was ultimately then going into the hands, making the Europe more wealthy, making North America more wealthy and, and their relevant companies. And this means that these multinational companies have big impacts still on the tropics today, whether in the form of, of development, still in the form of resource extraction. And so people living there, they often don't have the luxury of thinking about conservation. They're simply trying to make a living. They're trying to earn a bit more money for their families. And so it might be easy for us to sit back and say, hey, you know, why? Let's lock everyone out of the forest. Why, you know, why, why are they using the forest? Why are they doing these things? Well, actually, they don't have necessarily much choice due to this global economic system and the pressures that they face. And, and that all, in some ways, often stems back to this kind of early, these colonial contacts that, that sort of kicked that off. Can we get really specific about how deforesting jungles contributes to climate change? Like what exactly is happening there? Yeah, I mean, well, there are lots of interplaying um, systems, but basically, if you remove tropical forests, then a lot of these trees are storing or, or the ecosystems that they're supporting are storing carbon. So they're absorbing it from the atmosphere. And if you remove those trees, then less of that carbon is absorbed, more of it stays in the atmosphere. So that's that's one major problem. The other problem is that actually the best carbon storers are old trees. So that means that even if we cut down a forest and then replant it again, we've still got a major problem until we get on centuries into the future. So that's another issue is, yeah, we can talk about forest planting all we want, but if we've lost some of these forests that have these really old, big trees, and um, there was a great news article out at one point that called them Ents, right? You know, like Lord of the Rings, um, that really are caretakers of, of like the carbon cycle of the biodiversity, then, then that's still a, a problem. And also, as I mentioned with the rainfall, so tropical forests, actually help form clouds. They're, they're transpiring, right? They're releasing water back from their leaves that they absorb and they release it back into the atmosphere and it forms clouds thanks to particles in the air that are often also helped by, released by tropical forests as well. And so if you remove them, you also remove a lot of rainfall. And you can really see it in the Amazon. When you're going along the Amazon River, you see clouds really skirting over this forest and it, it really is quite amazing that this blanket is coming towards you, over you. And you just imagine then if you remove that forest, that just sort of goes. And that's impacting rainfall there. But also because of the global circulation systems, as we increasingly see when we hear about changes in Europe, changes in North America, it's often linked to these big exchange systems going across the tropics, going across the equator. That does then have a knock-on effect as well. And, and what's perhaps even most scary is the recent study from the Amazon that not only are you losing it as a sink, it may become a carbon source thanks to all of these fires, instability of soils, 
And if you think about this, this demand that we really have to keep warming within 1.5 degrees centigrade, keeping tropical forests as a crucial store is going to be essential for that. If we, if we lose them or even see them start to turn into sources, then wow, that, that really is going to be a problem. How quickly are we losing these and has the rate slowed or increased in recent years? So sadly, it's sort of overall increased or at the very least um, stayed, which, which seems startling, right? Because we've known since the 1980s that, that tropical deforestation is a bad thing. But there are lots of things at play there. So, for example, prior to the current government, Brazil was actually doing incredibly well at stemming its tide of Amazon deforestation. And of course, things have now gone in a, in a slightly different, uh, not, not so good direction. But actually, it was it was saving forests to such an extent that it was offsetting increases in deforestation in places like Southeast Asia, for example, that then in that period, in the more recent period, have seen a big growth in deforestation that we often hear linked to palm oil and things like that. But overall, I think globally, it's still to some extent is actually sort of increasing or at the very much staying the same. And even though certain countries are, are recognizing and taking balance, there are some success stories within that. But actually, it's still really tropical deforestation is still a major concern. And not, not only deforestation, but also um, alterations of the forest that is left standing, right? So things like logging, you might leave some of the forest standing, but if you sort of make enough mess, it's still influencing what's left behind. Or if you're fragmenting forests, that has a major impact for the wildlife. For example, tigers in India, it's been shown that for them to be viable, it's not about just conserving one area of forest. You actually have to conserve links between forests to have a viable population. And so there's in, even the forest left standing, they've also been facing some issues. And so you are at a point where we do really need to take serious action on this. Jungles transforming from a solution to climate change into a cause of climate change? No, thank you. If you're wondering how the average person can help stop that from happening, well, Patrick will be back tomorrow to explain just that. Patrick Roberts is an archaeologist and author of the new book, Jungle, How Tropical Forests Shaped the World and Us. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for more. All right, Ashley, let's do a quick recap of what we learned today. Sure. Well, we learned that catchy songs spread through a population a lot like a disease does. Researchers found this out by applying epidemiological models to a data set of song downloads, and they found that some genres are even more infectious than a disease. Metal and dance music, not so much. But hip-hop, rock, and especially electronica spread through a population like wildfire. And I feel like with Spotify nowadays, those things are changing. It's not as much word of mouth anymore, it feels like. I feel like so much of it is algorithms. Like what Spotify feeds me, I listen to. And if you're wondering what electronica means, some electronica groups would include Daft Punk, The Prodigy, The Chemical Brothers, Aphex Twin, Bjork, Portishead. Actually, wow, I didn't think I liked electronica, but I like a lot of the bands you just mentioned. So hmm, maybe I am a fan. Yeah, I'm more of an EDM kind of a guy. <laughs> when they said electronica, like I thought that was what they meant is EDM. I know. I thought that initially, too, but they said that they found that people are mostly immune to metal and dance music. And I've got to imagine that EDM, which stands for electronic dance music, is probably included in that. I don't know. I don't know. EDM is it's like such a thing, right? Because like there's so much overlap in genres, right? There's dubstep, trip step, chill step. <laughs> there's there literally are like 40 different steps. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I know I like Paul Van Dyke. Best live set I've ever seen at a festival. I really like Emancipator and Elenium and Seven Lions. Never heard of any of these, but <laughs> I'm glad you like them. 
<laughs> well, and you've never heard of them because I've never shared any of their songs with you. Very sad. See, there you go. Very sad. We also learned that one of the first big threats to tropical jungles came from colonialism when Europeans started seeing them as resources to be extracted. That trend has continued in a lot of places. And that's a problem because trees store a lot of carbon, especially older trees, which you can't just replace by definition. So the more trees get cut down, the more carbon gets released back into the atmosphere. Those trees also release water from their leaves, which helps to form clouds and bring rainfall. So when you remove those trees, you get less rain to nourish the trees that are still standing. And that's a vicious cycle. And that's not to mention all the wildlife that counts on forests for everything from habitats to food. Yeah. And the silver lining to all this is that some regions are starting to improve and that helps offset places that aren't doing so well. The situation globally is not good. But if we all work together, we can turn things around. So remember to come back tomorrow to learn how you can help. My spouse worked as an arborist for a while, and it was interesting to hear her perspective on the tree work that she did because some people wanted to save their trees. Come, we've got a sick tree, you know, cut back the dead parts, give it some medicine. Maybe there's a fungal infection. And other people treated trees as something entirely aesthetic. Like cut down that tree, it blocks my view of X or Y. Or cut down that tree, it doesn't look good with my landscaping right now. And it's, it's like you're killing a living thing that provides resources to its environment that animals and insects live in that <laughs> that provide shade and, and shelter. And it, it's part of an ecosystem, an actual system, quite literally. Uh, it's not just a thing that's there to be looked at. And um, I hope that people after hearing this are mindful about what they do with their land, if they have it or in their communities and neighborhoods, if they have the opportunity to, Maybe plant some trees or just maybe conserve some trees because getting trees cut down, I think, is really sad. Like, I guess that makes me a tree hugger. But yeah, it's sad. It's sad. So, you know, save the trees. Yeah, that's a really good point. The writer for today's music epidemic story was Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also an audio editor on today's episode. Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff. Go hug a tree. I won't judge. And then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.